Welcome to the Breast Cancer Podcast. I am breast surgeon, Dr. Deepa Hala Harvey. And I'm Monica Brooks, a cancer advocate. And we're both breast breast cancer cancer survivors. survivors. We're here to talk about all things breast cancer. From surgery to survivorship, we know firsthand the challenges and questions a breast cancer diagnosis brings. We are here to tackle topics that impact our lives. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Breast Cancer Podcast. Both Dr. Hala Harvey and I are really excited to kick off some mini episodes for you that will shed some insight into this world of breast surgery. Now, why? Why is this important to talk about? Well, it's important to know your options on picking a good breast surgeon and know the training that they've had. We also think it's important to know how to calculate your risk for breast cancer and what makes a high-risk cancer patient. We'll talk about why two surgeons are better than one. We're also going to talk about something really exciting that I had never heard about, and it's called nipple delay procedure. And we'll talk to Dr. Kale from Midwest Breasts about that. And as a bonus, we're going to be posting this to YouTube once we are finished with this mini-series, so stay tuned for that as well. Of course, we have our own in-house expert, Dr. Deepahala Harvey, and with her we have Dr. Mark Kripe. Let's listen in to both surgeons as they discuss what makes a great breast surgeon, the training that they've had, and how to treat a patient as a whole person. Also, listen in to what one of his 85-year-old cancer patients said about their cancer diagnosis. Dr. Kripe, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Mark Kripe. I was born and raised in Indiana, a little farm boy, and now live in Columbus, Ohio. And I take care of breast cancer and melanoma patients. I am a husband for almost 28 years now. That's exciting. And two kids, so I'm a father, and they're pretty much grown now. So that's, uh, we're empty nesting, and that's a, a great time in life. And I'm here with my partner, Dr. Hall Harvey. Yay. Thank you so much. Dr. Hala Harvey, you have a pretty special and unique relationship with Dr. Kripe. Tell us a little bit about your story. So I met Dr. Kripe in 2007 when I was a medical student and uh, came to came here for training in, for my general surgery between 2008 and 2013, uh, and also uh, got the privilege of being trained by him from 2013 to 2014. And, you know, growing up, you know, I, we are an migrated here when I was 16. And my dad always said, whatever job you do be, you have to be great at it. So we just grew up in that, you know, middle-class family where work ethic was really important. Hard work was really important. Being honest was really important. And my dad said, whatever job you do, whether it's cleaning bathrooms, you want to be great at it. And so I took that with me and I finished my fellowship and my prayer really was, how can I be a good breast surgeon? And uh, and I always say the answer came in form of my own breast cancer diagnosis. At that time, it definitely did not feel like uh, an answer prayer for sure. And um, and the first person I called was uh, Dr. Mark Prime. I didn't even tell my husband yet. Um, I called him and uh, I think he was in a little bit of a shock too when, he, when I called and he kind of calmed me down. And of course, being a surgeon, it doesn't matter who you are. You're still a person. I went through all those emotions, um, you know, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And, um, and Dr. Kripe was there from the get-go, got me into surgery, had wonderful plastic surgeons, Dr. Uh, Tiwari and Dr. Kochak. And um, I always say my parents gave birth to me and I, I believe in God and you know, God has gotten me through this part of my life, but I always credit these surgeons for giving me a second life. And, uh, and 
the other cool thing about Dr. Kripe is it continues, we continue to work together and get better. And um, that's, I think it's such a gift. But after my own surgery, I did have complications. And when we talk about complications, no one is devoid of the complications. You know, we're all human beings. It doesn't make me special just because I'm a breast surgeon that I should not have complications. And so I did have infection that I dealt with for a few months. At that time, again, <laughs> I did not like it. You know, when we talk about when patients are going through complications, you, your heart hurts for them. My, my heart hurts for them. Now, though, when I, my patients, when I, they do have complications, I pick up the phone and I say, I've gone through this. You're going to get through it. And you're going to get through it and become even stronger. And I don't know why you're going through what you're going through. So I'm able to say that to my patients. And, you know, honestly, this is my calling. And I'm so grateful that I went through all of that. I went through the diagnosis. I went through the complications. I would have not said that initially, but I have grown a lot and I'm able to help a patient and it's worth it for me when I can tell a patient, you're going to get through it. Just hang on with me. You're going to get through it. And so that's another reason I like working with Dr. Kripe is not only he gave me a second life, but also I credit him for my skills and knowledge. And of course I do work hard too. And so I you know, learn and learning is really important to me. So, and it's a tangled web. Life yeah. is a tangled web. So we, we met when you were a med student, residency, breast fellowship, partners, your cancer diagnosis. And then unfortunately I uh, got to diagnose my wife with breast cancer, something that wasn't found on a mammogram. She's has dense breast tissue. I felt it didn't feel right. Put an ultrasound on it and right away, you know what it is. And so then Dr. Hall Harvey took care of my wife. So wow. again, it's kind of this like really um, interesting way that God puts pieces together to care for each other. And they chose different surgical options. And so you have kind of both of those reference points to talk to patients about, you know, when it's appropriate. I don't know that I tell my story maybe as much, but when that patient's hurting, they don't know what to do. Um, Again, God puts us in scenarios and opportunities, I think, to have those life experiences to then talk to that patient and say, well, I, I can tell you from a personal standpoint and kind of go through the story a little bit then. But uh, yeah, we've been through, we've been through a lot. It's such a great reminder that we are all interconnected and that the people we need in our life at that time, they're there. And that is such an amazing thing to see, especially with the both of you. I want to touch on something that you both mentioned regarding a fellowship. What is it and why is it important to know if my breast surgeon has been through this fellowship? Yeah, um, lots of different ways you can get into breast surgery. Um, Most breast surgeons are, or most surgeons that do breast work are actually general surgeons. So it's part of our training in our five years of general surgery residency, where we learn to do some breast surgery along with taking out gallbladders and appendix and colon. But then for people that want to specialize and only do breast cancer work, uh, there is something called a breast fellowship. So it's one year of training where you not only do breast surgery, but then you go on and do radiology and pathology and you work with medical oncology and the radiation oncologist, along with genetic counselors, research nurses, talk about lymphedema, supportive care. So it's really encompasses the whole breadth of taking care of a patient with breast cancer rather than just doing breast surgery. So I think a breast fellowship is really outstanding. Again, not just to help us do some of the the difficult cases that we do, but also how do you take care of this person that doesn't just want good surgery, but they want taken care of kind of full body and and understand a little bit more what goes into their treatment during chemotherapy or some of the complications or other things that can happen to them outside of just surgery. 
So from a patient's perspective, I can see why it's important to know that my breast surgeon has been through this fellowship. And I guess, you know, because because Dr. Hala Harvey is the only breast surgeon I've had, I didn't realize that general surgeons also do mastectomies. Again, that's the only, this is the only world I've lived in was with Dr. Hala Harvey. But you can definitely see the benefit of a surgeon going through this fellowship to get really specialized training and how to care for that cancer patient through their diagnosis as a whole person. I'd say that most people that undergo breast surgery, it's by a general surgeon. If you look at across the whole country, across the whole world, there are very few people that have done a breast fellowship. Uh, Back in the day, there were, I want to say 40 some breast fellowship locations. Now we're up to like 63 and that number is growing as far as locations that you can do a breast fellowship. So it's uh, pretty selective on who does a breast fellowship. So there, again, most people across the country are going to be operated on by a general surgeon. And not that that's wrong. It's just that hopefully we're adding something a little bit more after going through a fellowship that we understand a little bit more what's going to go into the care of that entire person rather than just doing good surgery. How does someone get selected to be a part of this fellowship program? So in order to be in a breast fellowship program, uh, one has to go through five years of general surgery training. And that's what I did. I went to medical school in Kansas City and came to Columbus, Ohio for training to be a general surgeon. I actually wanted to be a trauma surgeon and go back to Wichita, Kansas, where I'm from, uh, to join some of my mentors there. But when I was a resident in my fourth year of training, I met a young lady with two kids And uh, sadly, she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And I really became attached to her and I would check on her and um, find out how she's doing on a daily basis. And she made a comment to me that you should become a breast surgeon uh, because typically surgeons, we have this thing, there's, you know, you're, you don't want to make relationships with your patients, you know, and so she is your good bedside manner, you're caring and you want to have this long-term relationship. And she said that would be good for you to become a breast surgeon. And um, so a lot of life-changing events that, you know, change your life from one direction to the other. And I was sitting in a parking lot and as a fourth year uh, resident, uh, applying to vascular surgery or trauma surgery, trying to debate on which fellowship. And then Dr. Mark Wright called me and said, what are you doing with your life? And uh, so I told him, I don't know. I want to do vascular. I want to do trauma. And then she wanted to do everything. Right? I want to do you, everything. You loved yes. everything. Yeah, just, I did. Yeah. I loved my residency. Yeah. I got trained at Doctors Hospital, which was a phenomenal residency in general surgery. And um, so I did apply to breast fellowship and I credit Dr. Mark Ripe and this patient of mine. So after I finished five years of general surgery training, then I applied to the fellowship, which is one year training, just focusing on breast cancer care. So it's a six month, you just do surgery, surgical months, you rotate with different surgeons, breast surgeons, and learn different techniques to operate. And then the other six months are like radiation oncology, radiology, genetics, pathology. And it really gives you this whole comprehensive and on how to take care of a patient, breast cancer patient. And we also focus very much on personalized breast cancer care. And now the trainees have become the trainers in this program. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So we have a fellow every year. Uh, so these fellows, they're trained, they've done five years of general surgery uh, residency at a different place, and they come to us for this one year subspecialty training. And I love that part of my job uh, because it makes me, I like to think it makes me, keeps me young rather, or <laughs> hanging out with the young, young fellows. But also I learn so much, you know, I love to teach. I like to look up 
the recent you know, research studies that are ongoing, the state-of-the-art surgeries that Dr. Mark Kripe and I perform, and teaching them just makes me even more stronger, I believe, in my knowledge and, and skills. And I also think like you are passing on your legacy, I feel like through other people. And that is so important to share that knowledge because more people need to know how to treat a person that is going through cancer. So what a special thing, not just to be able to train, but to be a part of this fellowship program. Yeah. That's super exciting. I think it's a true honor. And Dr. Kripe has trained several more fellows than I've been able to, you know, help train. And these fellows go out in the world and become, you know, work as a breast surgeon and they're taking care of so many women. So we're making a bigger impact in helping train these. Yeah. We can only take care of so many people every year and we want to take great care of people, but then how do you take care of more and more people? Like there's a limit to what we can do, but by training others, then yeah, going across the country now, we're hopefully elevating the care that women are going to receive everywhere. That is so impactful. Like that is like branching out and just you're extending your knowledge into other people. And that's just it. Oh my, I'm, yeah. that makes me so excited. Yeah. I knew about the fellowship only through talking through both of you, but not this, just this impact. I never looked at it that way. I think it's good information for cancer patients just to know yeah. that, like what kind yeah. of training has their surgeon been through? Because sometimes I think you're assigned to a doctor because that's yeah. just who you were referred to, yeah. but you can ask more questions about the kind of training they have or yeah. how they'll treat you as a a true cancer patient as a, as person. a whole, a whole as a, person, yeah, a person, a whole person, yeah, not just a cancer patient, yeah. because I think that's one thing you get a label on you sometimes and for good or bad, right? You get yeah. this label, but I think, how do you take care of that person, that individual that has individual desires that might be different than our algorithms on how do we take care of this type of cancer, you know, and it gets plugged into this hole. It's like, no, no, it's a person and what are their goals and their desires, which might be different than, the national algorithm on how we take care of cancer X. Mm-hmm. And so I think hopefully we look beyond that diagnosis to that person and what are their individual desires. Yeah. Another thing that we do in the fellowship that's a, a sometimes a joy and a struggle is we do have general surgery residents that train with us. So we still have the residents come with us and they'll spend a month or sometimes two learning about what is breast surgery. And when let's say they go out into general surgery and they don't do a fellowship, they at least have some understanding, a little bit deeper understanding, hopefully, of how to take care of that breast patient. We also have OBGYN residents that will rotate with us for about a month. And so they learn how to do breast exams and work up a breast mass. So again, understanding hopefully where to send their patient. So when they get a patient with a breast mass or they're having breast pain or you know a whole number of other issues, what do they do with them and where do they send them? So it's, it's training the next generation really of physicians, hopefully to understand more about what we do as breast surgeons. That's going to be a little bit different. And that's where you'll see a lot of the breast surgeons are probably the bigger cities. And so you have the patients in the smaller towns. They, just, they don't have the opportunity to have a breast surgeon there in town. So you have to travel. That, that's one of the struggles. You have to travel often into the bigger cities where the breast surgeons will be. But I think for many people, it's worth it. Uh, for some people, that you don't really need a lot, maybe a lumpectomy and a few things, it's it's not gonna be a big deal. And they don't wanna travel or they have difficulty traveling. Then again, being taken care of at home, I think is very reasonable for a number of people. And so hopefully we're training those general surgeons then how do you take care of the, a breast cancer patient? In one of the podcasts we did recently with uh, genetic counselor, Nicole Mormon, yeah. Yeah. we talked about legacy and like mm-hmm. leaving the world a better place than how you found it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the work that you're doing through the fellowship yeah is truly doing that. It will outlive you. Yeah, that's the goal. 
Yeah. Um, you know, that's, yeah. and that's the exciting part. And then we get to touch yeah. so many lives as well, like taking care of these individual people and you get these relationships with them. And it's hard for someone to understand going into a breast cancer diagnosis that their life could be changed for the better. But I just literally on Monday had a patient, I, I called her back with the surgical pathology and she's 85 years old and she's waiting to go down to Florida for winter. And, and we're just talking about her diagnosis and that her surgery came out really well. And she's like, Dr. Kripe, I have to tell you, I'm happy I got breast cancer. And I'm like, all right, please tell me more. You know, I, I always want to hear a little bit more about that. Please explain. But I hear that a lot, but I, I like them to think through that process. Like life is so busy. The things that we do are so many and we run around and run here and run there. And often with a cancer diagnosis, you will kind of stop what you're doing and have to reevaluate your life and what you're doing and what are your priorities. And I think sometimes cut the fluff and right. get rid of some of those things that really don't matter and reorient your life. And she's like, I got closer to God through this diagnosis and I'm happier. And she goes, I don't know how I'm saying that, but she's like, I don't think my life would have been as full if I didn't have breast cancer. Yeah. And so as a, as a patient as well, you have to be in the right place to be yeah. able to say that. Right. I would have been upset early in my diagnosis. And I actually yep. probably did get upset when people said they were thankful for cancer. I'm like, what? Like yeah. that's yeah. bananas, you yeah. know, but, yeah. I, it, but you get to that point if you're willing to grow. And I'm sure that's mm. exciting for you both to also see that in patients, but because you can turn something bad mm -hmm. and learn from it and grow through it as well. Yeah. Right. But you have to be, like you said, at the right place at the right time, Yes. Yeah. typically further out than, I mean, this lady was just diagnosed a couple of weeks before and she already like saw that, but I'd say often it's at the end of treatment. You could either be in a bewilderment state still, like what happened because it was so fast and then you have to take time to process it. But then some people, once they've processed that will come through and say, okay, yeah, I'm in a better place now, which is um, hard to believe sometimes. All right, well, that wraps up our first mini episode on breast cancer and breast surgery. So stay tuned for more topics to come your way. Thank you, Drs. Kripe and Hala Harvey for joining us today and lending us your expertise. Until next time, everyone.